Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I am Sarah Jane Case and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Monday. I hope your weekend treated you well. Today we are starting a new series on the levels of health for each Enneagram type. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that I'm recording this on Friday. I've been working a lot, like six days a week, nine to 10 hour days. And tomorrow is my first full free day off, kind of like I'm still working a little ish, but like also not like I'm probably not going to have to get on my computer. This is good news. My thorn is that I'm in the middle of having to decide if I'm going to renew the lease on my office. And I, I just don't know pros and cons. I like having a space I like that it's comforting and cozy and it's always quiet. Like I always know I can come here, Um, but it's also maybe more than I need right now. And I'm finding myself working more and more from home, but I need to make the decision kind of soon. So decisions and my bud, hmm, I mean, probably the weekend still. I am fully vaccinated. We are going to coffee shops again, kinda. And I'm meeting a friend for coffee tomorrow. Super thrilled about it. Okay, so since this is our first episode of the series, I wanted to give you a quick rundown around levels of health. So kind of like what I know, um, some different perspectives I've heard or kind of like what I know and how I personally approach it. So following this episode, we're going to go through each Enneagram type. So it's going to have its own episode on this topic specifically. So we're going to get deeper than this, but I want to give you kind of an overview. So the first time I read about the levels of health was in The Wisdom of the Enneagram. And actually the levels of health was originally discovered by Don Riso in the 70s and further developed alongside Russ Hudson in the 90s. So all of my understanding has come from their work. They define it as the measure of capacity to be present. So the higher we are on the levels of health, the more present we are. And the lower we are on the levels, the more identified we are with our ego, which ultimately is kind of associated with our negative or restrictive patterns. 
So essentially, we are operating out of this like animalistic lizard brain that is defensive, reactive, and automatic. Or on those higher levels of health, we are taking the time to consciously participate in how we experience the world and therefore how we show up in the present moment. So they have the types broken down into three dynamic levels of health, healthy, average, and unhealthy. Within each of these levels are subcategories with their own unique descriptors. Now, Each type has its own journey on these levels of health. So a type one has their own description of what it looks like to go from unhealthy to healthy. And again, within each of these levels, healthy has three levels, average has three levels, and unhealthy has three levels. So kind of starting from the bottom, in unhealthy on level nine, we have the level of pathological destructiveness. This is like really unconscious, like not paying attention, like we're doing everything we could do to destroy our lives and the lives of those around us. <laughs> That's kind of a dark way to describe it. We have level eight, the level of obsession and compulsion. So this is kind of where we're operating so much out of the autopilot, right? That we're compulsively, our, our, most of our behaviors are compulsive or we're compulsively interacting with our ego. We have level seven, the level of violation, And then that takes us into the average levels, which are levels four, five, and six. Level six is the level of overcompensation. Level five is the level level of interpersonal control. Level four, the level of imbalance or social role, meaning we're kind of overusing the skills that we have, leaning into the roles we play in society and what we think we have to be. Then healthy, we have levels one, two, and three. We have level three, the level of social value. Level two, the level of psychological capacity. And then level one, the level of liberation. And as we practice and become more present, we can create space between our personality and begin a process of self-observation or becoming an internal witness. So the hope is to move up the levels, becoming freer and less compulsive. Through this, we are able to identify less with our personality, a.k.a. You've heard me say it a million times, who we thought we had to be in order to be loved, safe, accepted, and okay. And when we can instead respond with a more expanded expression, allowing room for the skills of all nine types to live within us, we are working our way up toward liberation. So this brings us into the next piece to consider when it comes to levels of health. In practice, this can mean that the healthier we are, the harder it is for people to define our type because we aren't living into the automatic response systems of our type structure. Meaning the less we look like our Enneagram type, likely the healthier we are. Now, here's what we need to keep in mind. In recent years, we've learned that this wasn't intended to be a developmental model, meaning it's not saying that we start at level nine and work our way up to level one. Instead, it's an indicator of how close or far away we are to presence. Now, that being said, we are to expect some variation of our levels of consciousness in a given day and potentially even circumstantially. Maybe I'm really close to presence when it comes to work, but I have a lot of relational trauma that makes it difficult to be present in my relationships. So I find myself lower on the levels of health there. Or perhaps I didn't sleep well last night, I haven't meditated in a while, and my access to consciousness may go down. This doesn't mean that we don't have a level that we even out at and that we don't see long-term growth over time. So that's where what we call the anchor port, the anchor point comes in. So the anchor point is the level that we kind of even out at. 
It's the balance point to which the ego continues to return throughout the expected ups and downs of being human, right? We're going to have some off days. We're going to have off moments. We're going to have situations that kind of pull us away from presence. But in general, we kind of stay around one level or another. It's essentially the set point that our ego tends to return. Now, with that being said, even if the anchor point has moved up over time, it could reverse and descend to lower levels if we were to experience trauma or other ongoing severe stress. Now, on the other hand, as we open to presence and the ego structures relax, the anchor point may ascend to higher and higher levels. And the higher the level, the healthier the individual, the closer to presence. That's what it's said to be. So fun fact, we expect that most of the population would have their anchor point at the average levels of health. So you know, levels four, five, and six. So don't feel weird about where you find yourself on the chart because most of us are in kind of the average to low levels of health when we find the Enneagram because this is who we thought we had to be. You know, this is what we thought being a good person was, is typically that persona we over attach ourselves to. And so as we learn the Enneagram and start to work with the Enneagram and and do so in community and in relationship, we start to expand our definition of what good is and what right is. And it starts to open up to all of the nine types. And we start to utilize some of the skills from all the nine types, not just our one. Again, we are going to go in depth for each Enneagram type in in specific episodes. So if you're wanting to know how this looks for you, we are going to get into it. But I want to also say because levels of health are a major factor in the work of Riso and Hudson, and from what I understand is the major defining factor between their work and other schools of thought, I'm going to be referencing their work for these episodes because from what I understand, and and I could be incorrect on this, but from from what I know, um, any work that we learn about levels of health is kind of based off of their work. So um, why, you know, let's go to the source for, for this when we can. So With that being said, if this interests you and you haven't already picked up the wisdom of the Enneagram, it would be a worthwhile read. It was one of my first deep Enneagram readings, and it's really beautifully thorough and interesting. So um, I highly recommend checking out that book. Now, some food for thought from Marianne Williamson. As we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence actually liberates others. As always, it is such a joy to create this content for you. I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.